Welcome to Pixel Pizza. Did she say pizza? Your ultimate source for chiptunes, video game talk, and pepperoni. Delivered to you from Los Angeles and into the digital cyberspace of the 2020s. Pizza power! That's right, when super giant pizza. I want a large, thick crust with double cheese, ham, pepperoni. Hey, where's my pizza? Pizza time. Welcome back to the Pixel Pizza Podcast. You just listened to Woodlands by Paula Haunt, our chiptune artist of the week. And now I am excited to get started with our interview for this episode. We are speaking with the designer of the mecha roguelike deck building tactical shoot 'em up, Star <laughs> Vaders. And this is the Axolotl himself, Eddie Kai. How are you doing, Eddie? Hello. I'm doing really well. Great, I'm glad. Good way to start it off. So, I like to ask, when in your life did you know you wanted to work in games? Uh, you know what? Interesting question, because I feel like I don't I don't even know if I want to work in games. <laughs> really? Um, so so this project has has always been a hobby project for me and um I I have a ton of different hobbies. I used to do filmmaking, actually. And what kind of films did you make? Oh, like uh, horror shorts. Ooh. Yeah, spooky. But uh, so so I tend to have a lot of hobbies and bounce around a lot of them. And my current project is this game, which seems to be going pretty well. So that might lead towards a potential career in game development. We'll see how it does, but so yeah, it's um, it's not. I can't really tell you if there was a specific time where I had figured out that I would want to be a game developer because I've always bounced around a lot of different ideas in my head, different projects. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm that type of person that it doesn't have like a single focus, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. get that. I'm very much that kind of person. It's uh, sticking with it. It takes a while to figure out the one yeah. thing you really want to do. Yeah. Was there a moment though where you were like, okay, this is the next thing I'm gonna try? Game development. Yeah, I mean, I say that, but um, so we're we're like to be on the team. Yeah. There's um. Hansen is another developer, and Jin Fan is the artist for our game. And me and Jin Fan go way back. We're we're actually high school friends, and and we've always like um, juggled the right ideas around with each other and built like very small games, um, things like that. We'll see as hobby projects. Sometimes for game jams, just for fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, eventually, um, at some point, the the idea for Star Vaders came out, and we we felt like Hansen was all, already there, of course, but we felt like that was a there was a potential that could not be ignored. 
for sure. We had, we had to follow on to that potential and see where it goes. Yeah. Were there any Not... games that you guys used to play together uh, in high school that like stuck with you that were inspirations or anything? Uh, we, we used to play a lot of card games, Oh, uh, yeah. various different types of card games. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything in particular, particular back in high school, which would stay that long for inspiration for me, but yeah. Awesome. Uh, and so when you kind of came to the idea of Starvaders, how did you build out that paper prototype that you made to sort of test the design? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's this um, game called Tabletop Simulator on Steam Oh, that kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah, it kind of lets you, um, like, it simulates a tabletop and lets you, like, write stuff on the board, um, create some art, your own cards, and things like that. So I kind of I kind of use that program to kind of hash out and write down cards of the game, move things around myself, almost as if it was a board game in real life. So that's why I kind of call it a paper prototype, even though it's still very digital. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just um, kind of create the overall concept of having units move around and playing cards from your hand, try to figure out if the idea was worth tackling or not. And yeah, yeah. So always, Was there that's always fun to do. yeah, for sure. Was there like an aha moment where you knew the idea was worth tackling? It, it, um, I would say I'd say the aha moment would be when I was kind of playtesting it, and I I made some of my different friends try it out, and it, it kind of worked, right? So you could tell that, like, what I made Jinfan try it out, I made Hanson try it out, and they were able to play the game, and I figured, like, if 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 this very rough prototype with just very rough drawings, very rough text on the board. And they were able to play and somehow do some tactics and think about the game and maybe come up with card ideas, then that design space has a lot of potential to be improved and hashed out into a real digital game. So yeah, it's probably, yeah, the, having tested the paper prototype with people and seeing how they play and seeing how intuitive it is, I think, I think that That was like the moment that I was, I was figuring out that and this had a lot of potential. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine it would be beneficial that it's an online thing, so it was easier to get people Yeah. to test it. Yeah, exactly. Especially, um, so at, at that time that was COVID, right? Around Oh, like yeah. a year, a year and a half ago. And yeah, so most things have to be done online. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and, you know, since this is a hobby thing for you, how have you been balancing game development with your full-time jobs? Yeah, badly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it is pretty difficult, but yeah. we usually tend to work on the weekends on the game. Uh, well, weekdays we keep for like uh, full-time stuff and like, yeah, social activities and all of that. For So sure. we like, yeah, we haven't had all the time we would have liked to work on the game.
but I guess I guess that's the that's the indie game life where we have to make compromises and all that. So yeah, the the game development hasn't been the fastest it can be. So we're just slowly progressing, making small updates at a time. Nice, nice. Uh, and when when did you release the demo? Um, I think around November last of the last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pretty around recently. yeah, pretty pretty recently. We had like um throughout the entire process, we did have a lot of friends test it out and like reached out to communities to try and play test it because I really think for game development, one of the most important aspects is um iteration and feedback, right? Totally. Yeah. So. By the time our demo came out, um, we we already had play tested with like dozens of people, um, and the demo coming out is just a larger avenue of play testing for us, where we can get even more feedback and grow up the community a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and what like what are some examples of specific feedback that you've gotten that have been really helpful? Oh yeah, so we kind of implemented some. basic analytics into the game. And one of the things I've noticed really fast, the moment we've released the demo was that everyone was dying at the first boss. Oh. <laughs> like, like, like way more than I had anticipated and would have liked. So yeah, um, balance wise, it's really nice to see um, like where people die, what cards people are picking, what cards that people are ignoring and try to balance these out. Um, Otherwise, yeah, the playtesters tend to catch on to a lot of little quality of life issues that we could we could implement, and those are always nice to have. Totally, yeah. Any quality of life is always appreciated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, let's see. So I think something that also like struck out to me right away when I saw the game is, I mean, maybe this isn't your area. This is more Mm-hmm. Japan's, but Yeah. the art style is, it's simultaneously really cool and engaging, but also pretty cute. And <laughs> how do you guys balance th those vibes? That that's it's very much Jin Fan's uh, <laughs> uh, art style, I guess. He's just good at what he does. I I am um, at the start of the. development process, I could just kind of told him that um, he would have most of the final say on how the game would look. So so he decided on this style for the game, and I, I think it works perfectly. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's clear, it's cute, it's cool. It's uh, It has style, which is very important, uh, and it's recognizable. I think if you can... Um, Like, if you see a screenshot of our game, you kind of know it's from our game, which helps make it stand out a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, last week I Yeah. was speaking with a developer of another roguelike and we were talking about how important it is, especially in a genre like this, where Yeah. there's so many different things to be able to have an aesthetic and a, a style to your game that really stands out. Yeah, exactly, especially in our genre. Right. <laughs> We're like deck builders, yeah. 
yeah, and then also on the design side for you, yeah. walk me through how you kind of came to, it's, you know, a combination of the deck builders, but also a lot from Space Invaders. How did you take those influences and mesh them into this unique thing that you have today? Yeah, so I, I guess I'll kind of like take you through the, the whole thought process of how it came out. Um, I was playing this game this board game called uh, Bullet Heart by Level 99 Games, mm -hmm. which um, it's not a roguelike, but you do have cards in your hand and you're kind of matching patterns. Um, bullet Heart describes itself as a as a bullet hell like board game. <laughs> so you can kind of see the already some of the influence of this style. And yeah, so you have you have a lot of bullets that are coming at you. And you have these patterns in your cards, and you have to match the patterns with the bullets on the board to kind of clear them out. So I really like that idea of um, having this huge horde of units start coming at you, and you need to destroy them with different types of AOEs, different types of pattern shapes. So in fact, what um, that paper prototype was we we didn't have a we didn't have a character for that paper prototype we we had like um we had patterns that you would use you like um you weren't controlling a mecha mm. you were just controlling you're like a commander and you would place like towers on the board and like use patterns to destroy the enemies eventually that evolved into the player character that you control on the board with the mecha and everything but yeah so so the, the original idea definitely came from creating an adaptation of the Bullet Heart game. And I was, I was also playing a lot of these um, tactical role-like deck builders. If you've heard of um, Alina of the Arena or no. Fights in Tight Spaces, those are two very big uh, deck builders that kind of work on a grid as, as well. And like you control a player character and you kind of move around and like fight people. Yeah. There was um one thing that both of these games did was like you control one unit, kind of like our game, but the um, the lose state of both of those games is if you lose enough HP, you're gonna die. Which is very similar to most roguelike deck builders. Sure. But the um, the one issue I had with that was that that makes it so movement itself is very, very powerful. Because if you can like move out of an attack's way, uh, like you just dodge the attack completely. So it makes it so during a fight, it's possible that you could just keep moving around, avoiding the attacks forever. And so the the solution to that is either like nerf movement a lot or like other compromises yeah but that's kind of one thing that and, and yeah that's kind of one thing i was trying to solve with the star vader system since in star vaders it, it's um it's it's not that bad if you get hit um you lose by the enemies getting too close to the bottom of the board so that makes it so it's possible during your turn to move like several times and as much as you want, which I think helps a lot with making it 
interesting to play. I, I love movement in tactical games. <laughs> I don't know about you, but being Oh, totally. able to position myself doing different types of attacks is always fun. So yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to be able to do in our game. Move as many times as you want during your turn. Of course, if you have the cards to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then speaking of the cards, how did you come up with, like, the whole library of, like, the vast array of cards that you have? It's um, it's tough, <laughs> but it's it's mostly iteration, yeah. So I kind of just write down a bunch of different ideas for both mechanics and like like card titles. So in design, we call this bottom up or top down design, where bottom up is where you design from the mechanics. You have a mechanic in mind. and you want to make a card from that mechanic. Um, an example, I would say, a simpler one would be like swap. Swap is a card that lets you swap two units on the board. That's very much a mechanical card where I'm like, I'd like a card that can swap things. So I'm just gonna make a card called swap. <laughs> on the other hand, there's top-down design where you design based off theme. So a card that would fit that one would be flamethrower. Right, I'm like, it'd be so cool if our 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 mech had a flamethrower. Let's make a card called flamethrower, and then from that card, I figure I try to create a mechanic that fits that card. So I'm like, okay, flamethrower probably has a cone AOE above it, and maybe it'll burn some cards, and that's basically what the flamethrower does. So, so to come up with the card pool, really, I write down all these. bottom-up designs, all these mechanics I'd like to do. Then I also write down all these top-down designs, all these different themes I'd like to hit. And then slowly through iteration and iteration, cut down on these ideas, refine them, and then keep building on them until there's a card pool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, I had no idea about sort of the two ways of doing it. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I, I usually think a combination of both is is like what designers usually would do and also probably the preferred way of working with things. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so now I think is probably a good time for us to go to our musical break for the episode. We are going to be hearing another track from Paula Haunt, and this is called Viewfinder. So enjoy that, listeners. We'll be back with Eddie shortly.
Welcome back to the Pixel Pizza Podcast. You just listened to Viewfinder by Paula Haunt. And now we are back with Eddie, developer, designer of Star Vader. And my next question was, you know, it's... The game is both very methodical and fast-paced. We were talking about movement before. Yeah. How do you keep both of those in mind in a typical run? So, so yeah, this is this is one of the aspects I really wanted to hit well with our game is that I wanted it to feel fast-paced to play. It's um, it's very difficult for a turn-based game to feel fast, <laughs> as would be expected, because most of the time the player is thinking about their next move. But, um. My worry with a lot of turn-based games that make you think a really long time is that there, there's um there's potential for like analysis paralysis. Maybe there's too many um, possibilities, or like uh, the decisions the decision space is too big, so you kind of don't know what to do anymore. You have to like think through all the steps, all the different things you can do, and figure out which one's the best move, or um. It's like if you played chess and then you're like, I have no idea what to do. I could do so many things. And right. then you try to think every single move and then every single move that the enemy, I mean, your opponent could do and you're like, you're stuck. Yeah, um, that that's not fast, right? No. So, so that's kind of why I kind of wanted to promote the idea of being able to play it fast, almost intuitively. Try um something more akin to like go like um if you played go before oh yeah i've uh, seen it i haven't yeah. played it myself where it's like you almost play on feeling rather than thinking hmm. instead of like thinking all the different moves you're like it just feels more intuitive to place it here but um so yeah to promote that kind of thing i wanted the game to play to feel fast paced and i think most of this is just being tricky <laughs> Um, so it's like the the music is fast paced, so it kind of gets your heart rate up. So you kind of want to play a bit faster. For sure. Um, the everything, like I, I I try to make it so as a player you'll never have to wait for the game to do stuff. So animations are snappy, fast. Um, if you play multiple cards really fast, they like queue up. So you don't need to get stuck on playing a card or not. And um, particularly the, um, the one thing I wanted to try to get rid of, well, not get, like, avoid is calculations in the game. So there are some, some deck builders when you play it and you're like about to play a card you kind of have to count, um, calculate how much damage you're going to do. Like, okay, I have, this is going to deal 15 damage, but then the enemy is vulnerable, so that's 50% more damage. And then, but then they have defense, so you have to right. subtract that. And then, so yeah. And if you have multiple cards, you're, you're kind of like, okay, I have to add up all these different damage values and see if I can kill the enemy this turn. So, so that slows down the game a lot, I think. Um, all these small calculations you have to do. 
So, so what we did in Star Vaders are like one of the major design ideas that I had in mind was that I didn't want numbers in a game. <laughs> Wow. There's no, we're, we're try, I'm trying to make it so you don't do a lot of math in a game, but instead you're doing um, spatial like calculations. So it's like, and I think, he, well, I mean, I guess not everyone, but I'm very much a visual person and spatial tactics to me are a lot more intuitive than doing math. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so it's like a, a cross-shaped AOE. You see that a lot faster if you line up to the enemies rather than like you have to like calculate if you line up enough damage or not. So that's why that's why our enemies don't have health. You don't really have health. There's no shield. Like the shields are one shot. There's no um, number of shields and stuff. There's no damage values. Everything is like if you hit it, like they die. So I think that helps with the idea of fast pace. And if you hover over any card, it'll also preview exactly what's going to happen when you play the card. So you don't have to like predict the chain reactions or anything. You'll just see what's going to happen when the chain reaction happens. That's So, great. so that kind of makes it so, yeah. So so your choices, so, so it brings the tactics to the front, right? You make it so the players... get to really decide on which card to play based off the tactics rather than the calculations. Yeah, no, there's so much times Yeah. you could be thinking about the calculations. Yeah. So, also something that kind of caught my eye when I was reading the description of the game Yes. is that you said it has this three-act structure. Could you tell me about that? Oh, um... I think I think that's pretty basic in the genre. <laughs> most uh most roguelites, real like deck builders have like this um structure where you kind of go through a bunch of rooms and then you reach a boss. And then Okay, that's act yeah. 1. Yeah. And then you get act 2 afterwards with another boss and then act 3 and then the final boss and then you are like yeah, you win or lose. Sure. So um Yeah, our, our game doesn't really differ that much in that act structure very, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you want some things that are going to be just familiar to the audience. Yeah. But, yeah, I think... Something that I was curious to hear your opinion Yeah. on is that the roguelike deck builder is just, it's become one of my favorite genres <laughs> in recent memory. oh, yeah, I just, same, I get so addicted yeah. to Slay the Spire, Monster Train, the Wild Frost demo has been really good. Yeah, Um, Wild Frost is so good. oh, yeah. And so why do you think it appeals so much to people? So I think I think it comes down to cards. Why, like um, the real like deck builder genre has been doing well, but um, I've I've also noticed a lot of games utilize cards more often, even if you're not roguelikes, even if you're not deck builders, and. By like the like deck builder genre obviously uses cards very well, and I think cards bring this intuitive, tangible idea to very abstract concepts into video games. Um, 
like the way I can explain this is that it's very obvious to most players what happens when you shuffle a deck. Like like you're randomizing the set of cards, right? Yeah. And then when you draw a card, you know that it's no longer in that deck, it's in your hand or it's somewhere else. When you move cards around, like you can visually know where the card is going and like you you understand physically what's happening because you're as a human we're used to handling physical objects so so in that sense it's like if you if you had to if you had to transfer this idea of like shuffling a deck drawing a hand discarding reshuffling the deck but if you if you don't use cards at all it's so hard to describe <laughs> Imagine like in a tutorial, you had to describe well, like your skill buttons being deactivated because you, they're not usable until you randomized a set of charges, blah, blah, blah. But right. cards bring that tangible aspect to the, to the game, which makes it simple to understand. So yeah, so it brings like all this depth and complexity that we can play around with while still being simple to understand to players. I like that. That, that makes a lot of sense. That rationalizes it for me for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know online you post a lot about other games being made in the space. Are there any particular ones you'd want to shout out? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Some, some upcoming ones that are pretty interesting. There's rogue voltage. That one is a roguelike deck builder that is mixed with a modular synthesizer. Hmm. <laughs> it's um you kind of it's almost like a programming game where you have a bunch of modules and you kind of connect wires to each other to make things happen. It's pretty interesting. I really love how the genre is like evolving in such different directions. It's really it's really interesting to look at and see. Sure. Um there's a there, there's a lot of dice builders that are really interesting. Dice being another very intuitive physical object that is transferred into video games. Absolutely. Yeah, Astrea is a big popular one that's coming up soon. That one is a dice builder, and you you can change the faces of the dices. It's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. There's like slice and dice is another game in a similar genre with a dice mechanic um i also like uh backpack hero you've probably heard of that one no not i haven't heard of that. oh really so backpack hero it doesn't really use cards but it's like um it's like an inventory management deck builder huh. <laughs> where you're kind of placing these objects into your backpack and trying to fit all of things these things in and they have like adjacency bonuses blah 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 and <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty fun. That's a really good idea. Yeah. And what is, I guess, getting back to your development, what is something about your personal process that nobody knows? Huh. Nobody knows. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about it. I think I can, I, can uh, I try things out a lot that end up being cut i don't think that's very much a secret or anything and i think a lot of people do that as well but like 
if I have an idea for a card, for example, I'll I'll just make it. I'll make the card, and then play with it, and then and I can just cut the entire mechanic completely because it doesn't work well. <laughs> but I I really think, um, designing is very much about. It's it's it's, it's very hard to design in theory. Yeah, you, you have to design in like in practice. You have to you have to try it out. A lot of ideas that sound good on paper don't really work well when when you play it. And a lot of people, a lot of ideas that sound bad on paper might be very fun when you play it. So, so I I like you, you do have to trust your instinct a bit yeah. when you're designing, but. Like you, you still have to try it out. You always have to play it out and see what it's like, and then get other people to play it. Iteration is like the most important thing for game design. Absolutely, and I think that's such an important note too. Like, don't censor yourself. I've had so many times where I've had some idea, and then I just think, oh no, that's a bad idea. I shouldn't do it, and I just completely discard it. But to yeah, just try something before you rule it out is very yeah simple. i will say having a having a team is nice because i can always um like uh talk these ideas out as well with my my co-workers and see what they think about it um maybe even talk a bit to the community members and see how they feel about the ideas um what i what i like to do though is yeah like the idea of self-censoring i like i like to say I don't think this will work, but but I'll like I'll say the idea anyway. Right. <laughs> like like I've thought this idea, but but after thinking about it, it's not gonna work. But I'll write it down anyway. And writing it down, maybe one of my coworkers will be like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, that's like like the way you phrased it there was bad. <laughs> if we re if we reframe it like this, maybe that'll work." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, maybe things like that, you know, like." And and since it's written down, in the future I can like scroll up and look at my previous ideas and like maybe I'll be like oh yeah that was bad, or maybe I'll be working on another mechanic and be like hey, maybe I could use this one, so, so yeah, I I think um I thought it somewhere I don't remember where but I like the idea that you keep a you kind of keep like a list or a notepad and you write down. As many bad ideas as you can in it, huh. because because at a, as at a certain point you won't be able to come up with bad ideas anymore. To <laughs> write in there, <laughs> I love that. That you'll is just great. end up with a good idea instead. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can't go worse than <laughs> the worst idea you figured out. Yeah. So yeah, that's about all the questions I had, Eddie. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I think that's yeah. I think that covered most of our my history with this game. <laughs> but、Wait. um, please do wish list our game if you're interested in the deck builder genre or tactics games. Uh, we really do appreciate a wish list because they help out a lot more than you think. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, and yeah, um, we we do have a demo on itch.io right now. We're gonna have a demo on Steam, probably next month. Ooh! So feel free to check it out if you'd like. Yeah, 
Yeah. Everybody, please do, listeners. So, Eddie, this is the Pixel Pizza Podcast. I got to ask, where is your favorite pizza place? Oh, there's this place in, um, I'm in Montreal, right? So there's this place next to the school I go to, McGill, called uh, Pizza Bros. Mm. Yeah, they, they, they make pretty good pizzas. They have like a special called the Bros. And yeah, what's on it's the good. special? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You haven't had it yet? No, no, no. I I have had it, but I just, I, I like, I don't I don't know what's what's on it. Oh, okay. So so good, you can't <laughs> <laughs> pick it apart. yeah, it's I just get in that. my mouth before I get to you. Realize. Right, exactly. Awesome. So yeah, that about wraps things up. Then where can people keep track of you in the game? Yeah, um, yeah, wish us on Steam. You can, um, we have a Discord channel as well that you can find through our Steam page. The game's called Star Vaders. Um, I do like to say that it's pronounced Star Star Vaders. <laughs> I also have a Twitter, it's um, Axolotl Star. Yeah, that's all our social media. <laughs> great okay then yeah i thank you so much for joining me eddie Uh, uh, thank you. some really great insights today so that about wraps things up we are gonna head out with one more track from paula haunt and that is called dreams with a z so enjoy that and we'll see you next week bye bye from pixel pizza